Today we're talking Mad Donnie Shots, which races do and don't count against the outlaw limits, news from Jade Avedisian and Flow Racing, and more. Let's go. It's Thursday, February 9th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. I've got an absolutely packed show for you today, so let's just dive right into it. Wednesday night at Volusia, Donnie Schatz was again at the top of the list of things to talk about for the second night in a row. Tuesday, it was because he had to leave the show early for pilot training, and last night, it was for racing the entire feature with the nose wing knocked off the TSR-15. On lap two, Schatz was chasing Anthony Macri, and into turn three, Macri decided to go from the absolute bottom to the absolute top right across Schatz's nose. The rear bumper on the 39M made just enough contact with the nose wing on the 15 to knock it askew, and the battle was on from there. Schatz initially fell back after the contact, but then he roared forward, getting to second around halfway, and then taking the lead from Pulsitor Carson Macedo on lap 20. The timeout front, though, was short-lived as that wonky nosewing finally gave up the ghost and flipped all the way over. Macedo drove back by and streaked away for the win. Shots was able to hold on for second with James McFadden nipping Macri late for third. Afterwards, Georgia Henneberry asked Donnie what happened, and he said, quote, It's probably better I not say, just the way it goes. Back in the day when you race like that, you'd expect to get your ass whooped in front of the truck, but we can't do that in 2023, unquote. Absolutely classic Donnie Schatz, and again, a moment in his career where he clearly shows his disgust for drivers not racing how he thinks guys should race. Talked about this before, but Donnie is and has been one of the cleanest racing drivers on this planet, and his old school nature is completely offended when other drivers don't race the same way. I love that about him. He wants to race hard and battle close, but you better do it right and buy the book. Elsewhere down the field last night, uh, last night, Tuesday's winner, Brad Sweet, was hard charger going 17th to 6th. And the big surprise was a difficult night for David Gravel. He obviously was on the podium the night before, and he ended up 10th last night after starting 20th, but his evening started off incredibly rough. Gravel is probably the best time trialer in sprint car racing, leading the outlaws over the last six seasons in average qualifying position, and he has the most quick times. But going 30th of 34 cars was not what we expected from the two team on Wednesday. From there, it was a battle the rest of the night, but an 8th to 5th run in the heat put him locked into the feature and then obviously finished 10th in the main event. In an interview with Matt Weaver after the race, he said they were slow in hot laps and backed it up in qualifying, and it was the second day in a row he mentioned that they were on a little bit of a different setup than everybody else. Uh, Tuesday night, he said it was probably what cost them the win, and last night it really hurt their qualifying effort. I don't know specifically what he was referring to on the car, whether it be shocks or something else. But he said for tonight's Outlaw opener, they'd go back to a more basic package and be better off. So we'll see how Gravel fares the next three nights. Looking ahead to the rest of the weekend, the All-Star Sanction shows are done. And Thursday, Friday, and Saturday kick off the 2023 Ward of Outlaws Sprint Car Series season. I feel like we're probably in for another absolute slugfest of a year. Brad Sweet is going for five in a row with the team focused now on race wins, which he talked about the other night. David Gravel is again trying to break through for his first title. We've seen him finish second a ton of times. Can he win one of these? Carson Macedo is back again after leading the Outlaws in wins. A year ago, Donnie Schatz is still clearly really hungry for this. Sheldon Hoddenshield is back on tour as probably the most exciting driver in all of sprint car racing. There were obviously questions and Sheldon said some things, but he is back. Logan Schuhart is capable of winning absolutely anywhere. He's proved that the last couple of seasons. Jacob Allen is coming off a career year. 
James McFadden, I think, is probably on the hot seat at Roth. Uh, you know, he needs to probably try to win some more races. They've got that Toyota power. Gio Selzy is out for his rookie campaign. I think that'll be exciting. Spencer Basin is looking to impress in year two. We've got Casey Kane still after that first career outlaw victory. And we've got guys like Brock Zierfoss, Craig Kinzer, Noah Gas, Bill Rose, all of those guys ready for the grind. I mentioned yesterday about these all-star shows at Volusia not counting against the Platinum Agreement race restrictions. And Wikipedia gave us some more clarity on some other races to come this season. If you don't know Wikipedia, uh, that is Brian Walker, who is the series PR guy for the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars. Sounds like the two Eldora Millionites will count against the four and eight race restrictions. Guys are allowed to race them, but they will count against those restriction limits. But he says the Capitani Classic in Knoxville and the Front Row Challenge will not count against the drivers if they choose to race those events. So they're allowed to race, but it doesn't count against the four and eight races. So that would mean if drivers race the million, uh, actually both nights at the million, they would have two other freebies available before they would lose out on the added points fund money. What extracurricular activities the the teams decide to participate in, I think will continue to be an underlying story all season. And depending on how things go, we could still see uh, very easily some drivers and teams drop off later in the year to chase money if they're down the order. Drop me a comment. Let me know who your choice is for the Outlaw Championship this season. You can tune in the next three nights live on Dervision. No more streaming shenanigans. On last night's modified portion, we had Kyle Strickler, Charlie Mefford, Michael Long, Ethan Dotson, Justin Haley, and Tyler Nicely pick up feature wins. Haley, Nicely, and Dotson are all three for three for the week. Uh, and if you weren't watching last night, go find the Charlie Mefford interview uh, from Victory Lane. This was the kid who blew up on social media after flipping at the dome. He was in tears last night after winning his main event. Uh, definitely an interview you should check out. At East Bay last night, we got what was basically the final tune-up night for the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series before points-paying races start tonight. As expected, we did have a much fuller field, 65 cars on the property. Davenport was back, Overton was back in the 76, and the field was much more indicative of what we'll see the rest of the weekend. Interesting to hear that Davenport actually went home after Saturday night at Alltech. We'll see uh, if the rest at his own house will pay dividends the next few nights. I feel like that's something that is starting to creep more and more into dirt racing, where it's possible for some of these guys. If you have a few days off, get the driver home for some rest. We're definitely seeing that more and more on the wing sprint car side. In the night's main event, except for one lap just past halfway, it was all Ryan Gustin out front. Kyle Bronson was able to briefly take the lead after a restart, but Gustin raced back by and held on for his first career Lucas victory and $7,000. Tyler Erb was second and Bronson fell to third late. It was another all-rocket podium, and they seem to be going much better here at East Bay. Not sure if that has to do with setup changes or just the track playing more into their hand. There seems to be some talk about the track conditions at East Bay and if they can make it a little racier for the big money nights. Uh, and no harm done, but it was another tough night for points leader Ricky Thornton Jr. He started 12th in the feature, but ended up 23rd on the night. Tonight's show bumps to 10,000 a win. Friday is 12,000 a win, and Saturday's finale is 15,000 a win. These next three nights are for points, but remember the drivers only are taking their best five finishes out of speed weeks. After Saturday night, we won't see Lucas again until March 17th at Atomic, but a lot of these teams will head over to Volution next week. You can watch the next three nights live uh, over on Flow Racing if you're not headed to East Bay. The Short Track Super Series got their 2023 year off and rolling last night at Alltech Raceway. Stuart Friesen sat on the pole, went the distance, leading all 30 laps for the $4,000 win. He said afterwards they had engine issues uh, and that he was worried about it down the stretch. Definitely something they'll have to take a look at for the rest of the weekend. Matt Shepard and Alex Payne joined him on the podium. Still three more nights of racing for the big blocks at Alltech, and then they'll head to Volusia next week uh, for the Super Dirt Car Series as well. 
Tonight's race is 5,000 win, and you can again watch it live over on Flow Racing. The Midget Silly season still seems to be in full effect here. Yesterday, we had another driver swap teams. For 2023, 16-year-old Jade Avedisian will move from Chad Boat Industries to Keith Coons Motorsports. Jade is expected to run uh, the entire Extreme Outlaw Midget schedule, driving the Mobile One-sponsored 71 for KKM. There's nothing from the team about a USAC schedule, but I guess we'll see her a lot over there as well, especially with no schedule conflicts between the two national series. Jade was a winner twice last year with Extreme. She won in June at Jacksonville and at the end of the season at I-44 Riverside. I think she's one of the most uh, kind of exciting young dirt racing prospects in the country, and she seems to have drawn the interest of Toyota and Keith Coons and Pete Willoughby here. I've heard Toyota behind the scenes has uh, kind of pulled her in this direction. Both Boat and Coons will have different lineups this season. We've seen some swapping already. We know Brian Wiedemann has flipped to CBI, while we know that the KKM lineup will include Ryan Timms, Taylor Reimer, Jade, and Brenham Crouch. Kaylee Bryson and Buddy Kofoid have left Coons to pursue other things. The Extreme Midgets don't start their season until March 10th at DuCoin, while the USAC season starts even later on April 21st at Kokomo. We talked last Friday about Lincoln Speedway scaling back their flow racing schedule for 2023. Instead of showing their entire weekly schedule this year, uh, that's something like 35 races. Flow is only streaming 11 of those. You'll also have the two Outlaw Nights available on Dervision. This is a major shift for Lincoln from the previous two seasons. And the idea here is that they can maybe fix some of their attendance problems by scaling back the streaming. And there was some thought out there that maybe Port Royal would scale back as well. But earlier this week, they announced that their normal weekly schedule will remain on the streaming service for this season. They obviously do encourage fans to attend if they can, but if not, flow streams will be available. And in a similar vein, the NARC 410 Sprint Car Series out west also announced that they have renewed with Flow Racing to stream their entire 2023 schedule. NARC was part of the Flow, sl uh, flow Slate a year ago, and all 24 events at 15 different racetracks in 2023 will be available for Flow subscribers. Series board member Brent Kading said in a release, quote, they're bringing a level of media expertise that has helped grow our series exposure, not only in the United States, but across the world, unquote. So even with all the negativity out there from some groups, there are still plenty of tracks and series that are finding value from being, uh, being streamed regularly. Uh, this is my last daily show of the week, going to spend a little quality time with the family over the next few days, but we'll be back here to regularly scheduled programming on Monday. The streaming schedule stays busy through the weekend with more Dirt Car Nationals on Duravision, Lucas and the Short Track Super Series on Flow, and more. There's also some uh, sprint car racing still happening down under. Uh, the Australian Sprint Car Championship is at Perth Motors, uh, Motorplex this weekend. You can watch that one live on Clay Preview. To see the full daily streaming schedule through the weekend, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. All right, hope you guys have a good weekend out there. We'll be right back here on Monday for more Dirt Tracker Daily. <laughs>